Okay, you talk first. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. And we're just getting set up with Bill Thornton, who is the creator of 1215.org and a 40-year veteran in law. And do you mind if I say your age, Bill? Oh, not at all. But I, I do want you to know I was very young when I was born. You were very young when you were born. Me too. Yeah. We have that, that in great, common. Great, great, great. <laughs> How sweet. I love that. Yeah, 84 years and going strong. So you're an amazing example for the community of, uh, you know, endurance and, and longevity and uh, high spiritedness in the process. So, uh, well, mm. well, there's a philosophy behind that. You know, mm -hmm. I live clean and mm. I think clean. And at every opportunity, I play dirty. Aha. Aha. <laughs> Seems to work. There you go. You keep your hands clean, and then you can play dirty. <laughs> yeah. 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 So while we're just getting set up here, I'm going to say hello to a few people. Dime Bar is here. Ola from Spain, I believe. And uh, T-Post, hello. Nice to see you. Butter, <clears throat> Butter's Nose, who, uh, Carol Lewis, if you don't mind me saying your real name, I always just call people out. I think you should all use your real name online, by the way, because we're just hiding from each other. And uh, I'm going to have her on to talk about her new book sometime soon. And Plasso Platus is here. Good afternoon as well, Candice and Janet. That's awesome. We have a whole bunch of good people in the zone already. And no doubt more will be coming up. Try to get Rockfin to actually go live. I've got a little bit of a glitch there, but otherwise I'm going to be on. Let's see what happens. And uh, guess what? Just a, a little thing in Canada today. The uh, entire Rogers network is down. And that means that all of our uh, Interact banking is down. Wow. Yeah. So people are out there trying to make transactions and, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's so great. No, no cash. And uh, they're like, well, no groceries or no whatever it is today. And let's see if. Uh, is, you know, that a, is that a precursor to the new world order where they want to go to a cashless society? You know, I, I'd have to imagine, yes, it is definitely part of that to make us beg for 5G. Oops, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say that out loud, but, you know, like it's, I always look at that kind of what's the mm -hmm. angle that they would take this down, make the people suffer, come out mm -hmm. with a solution, which is, you know, problem reaction solution. What do you think, Bill? Oh, that's exactly that's that originated in the United States. One of the high mucky mucks came up with that idea and they they, they all think it's wonderful. Which part, the Hegelian dialectic or the... Yeah, uh, the Hegelian, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Did I say that right? Hegelian, yeah, yeah. Close yeah. enough. Good I enough can't for spell it. Well, it's good enough for government work. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, Bill, your first interview with me was so well received. People were extremely grateful to have uh, seen and heard from you. They're familiar with your website. If, if people aren't, 1215.org is the place to mm -hmm. get to know all of Bill's work. He really gives everything away. So if you haven't had a chance mm -hmm. to go over there and start digging it around, it's a, a massive resource. Uh, mm -hmm, go ahead. There, There is one item on there that costs money. And it's not me. It's uh, jurisdictionary.com. I always have to plug them because the website is primarily a, uh, a, a conceptual website. It, it expresses concepts and it gives you perspective. But then you need the nitty gritty of procedure. And this attorney did such a great job accomplishing what I intended to accomplish. I'm giving him full credit for it. And 
and to get a complete course in in procedural law for only $249 is a super bargain. Mm -hmm. And the last 20 years or so that I've been suggesting people go to him, uh, I've not had a single complaint, not one, which is really rare. Uh, You always get somebody complaining about something. And the thing is, is that uh, he offers me a commission, but I've never accepted a commission from him. That's how much I admire his work. So. Yeah, it's a genuine recommendation to him. Good for you. I uh, really mm-hmm. admire that, so that you you help him, you support him. I see him on my uh, on my King Hero Telegram, by the way. If people aren't over there, then please mm-hmm. come on down <clears throat> and join me. There is a link in the show notes below. And uh, there's also a link to Dr. Graves' jurisdictionary course that mine oh. is an affiliate link. So uh, great, if, great. if you care to support my efforts in getting law mm-hmm. news and uh and information out to you guys, then then I, I fully welcome that. And uh, don't mind paying someone for their hard work. Exactly. I agree. I, I never, you know, we, we do live in a slave society and money's a mm-hmm. fiction, all that kind of thing. But a means for exchange is not wrong. And right. uh, supporting good work and helping that grow is also uh, only positive in my in my eyes. Well, um, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with paper money, excepting one little detail. Uh, governments seem unable to resist the intention, the uh, uh, temptation to overprint. And that's that's what makes gold valuable is that it's a restricted source. That's exactly. the only difference. Anything, exactly. you know, there's been civilizations that had rocks that looked like donuts with holes in the middle. And if you had a giant one, you were really rich. right right exactly exactly yeah it's a strange world so before we dive in with the topics for today i just wanted to let people know that uh i have started to take applications for what's called the house of free will ministry and uh, this is my private ministerial association private uh membership association as well and there are a few events maybe bill we could talk about you doing one inside the ministry as well uh, there's mm-hmm. on July 14 coming up this Thursday. I'm hosting Paul Gauchi, who is the uh, one he's featured in the film Back to Eden. A really amazing, beautiful, inspiring, and uh, and just packed full of knowledge about how to grow in a way that uh, works with nature as opposed to against it, and is extremely successful as a result. His, his mm-hmm. video went viral and I hosted him for an interview and now he's coming into the ministry to do the, the first ever workshop in the private for me. Great. great. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. And then uh, Amanda Ridding will also, sorry to cut you off. Amanda Ridding is also going to be doing the very day after she's going to be doing a little mini workshop on teaching people how to read their tickets. So lots of people mm-hmm. have been ticketed for, you know, disobeying the public health orders, sure. whatever kind of crap that is, excuse my language. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she has many people on a daily basis asking her, well, like, how do I make sense of this ticket? Most mm-hmm. often they're not even citing a uh, an infraction, right? They're just violated the public health orders. Well, what does that mean? What's what's the crime mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's got some really, really good advice on how to look at those tickets and how to respond to them as well. So that's going to be coming up. It's the 14th is Paul Gauchi. The 15th is Amanda Ridding. She'll be doing two more workshops on contract law as well. So she's really eager to get the knowledge out to the people. Yeah. Yeah. So many such as you, Bill, you know, you're, you've taken all this time and studied and taken no doubt risks in your life. And you're just so Mm -hmm. generous in wanting to give back. Well, that time I spent studying, 
the bulk of it was in defense uh, or actually I had an attack going on, but I had the world's most dishonest attorney as an opposition. And uh, as I mentioned before, when I was in court in chambers with the judge, the judge glared at me and said, who wrote these papers for you? And I said, nobody. And he said, you wrote these yourself? I said, yes. He says, who taught you this? And I pointed over to the attorney and I said, I had the finest instructor in the world because he, <laughs> he threw everything at me and I studied everything. You know? And that's the bulk of my knowledge. There you go. And that's a blessing yeah. of it, of having an enemy is that <clears throat> they're oh, yeah. going to light a fire under your butt to, to mm -hmm. learn and uh, get, get sharper than they are. And uh, what does the Bible said? Be, you know, be uh, wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. You, you need to mm -hmm. really know who they are. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. yeah, my apologies. I think Rockfin is just not going to work today somehow. Yeah. Darn. What, who isn't? I've got another platform, Rockfin, where I go live as well. It's all set up correctly for today at the right time. And uh, it's. we'll see if that gets going. So apologies for anybody who might be you trying that. Yeah, you may have to do a file transfer to update uh, the other one. Yeah, exactly. I might have to just upload it later. That's always, always fine. And uh, you think you signed up, but you checked the events box. Okay, very good, Clayton. Yeah, I got your application. I sent you a link back just in case you didn't get it. I think I think you might have. And Billingtono Bear is here. Excellent. So good. All right. So I'd love to dive in. And uh, you said mm -hmm. that you were going to give us a little bit of an introduction first. So what do you Right. Have? I just wanted to get go over some of the uh, basics, but this is just going to be highlights. I don't want to go into depth. Uh, if you want to go into depth, you just go to 1215.org. That's 1215.org. And uh, you get the, the real detail on it. But it's, it's good to, to have your attention brought to it. Uh, the first thing I want to cover is the, uh, uh, the serenity prayer. And uh, a lot of people associate that with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. But the fact of the matter, it's a tremendous thing here. Um, and I'll just read it to you. It says, uh, God grant me the, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And let me tell you something. The, the big, one of the biggest problems I have with people who call me is training him into knowing the difference between the things they can change and the things they can't change. And people get in, enveloped with this uh, uh, great internal force to change everything, not distinguishing w against the things that they cannot. And so they have big headaches in their life. You know, so exactly. Yeah, so that, no, it's a fabulous point. I love that prayer. Yeah, yeah. That's that to me. That's that controls everything I do. I make a determination. Well, it's it's not really a conscious determination. It just seems to have become habit now. I know what I can't change and what I can, and I go. I put my energies in the things I can change. Nice. So uh, one of the the key things about. Uh, this whole process is attitude. You really have to maintain a positive attitude. Now, for example, uh, see what happens is you channel your mind. And if, if you have the wrong attitude, you miss things. You, you don't see what's within your vision. And even though it's within your vision. 
And um, so, for example, I'll give you a good example. If you've ever bought a car, have you ever noticed how many other people are driving that same car that you're driving? You know, <laughs> the very same thing is because your mind became tuned in to that particular thing and you see it and you don't see the other makes. I mean, they're there, but mm -hmm. you don't really identify it with, but you sure identify with the one you just bought. So exactly. I'm experiencing that right now. <laughs> oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, not so, with my car, somebody else's, but <laughs> yeah, but attitude is, is a big part being positive. Uh, you walk down the street, if you smile at something at somebody, they will smile back. It's just automatic. And so when I go into court, I'm friends with everybody. I'm friends with the judge. You know, how are you doing? If I've seen him several times, you know, like, how's, it, how's your family doing or something? I try not to make it think like I'm trying, getting information on him to take revenge. You got to be careful about that. Or but no, I'm very, him, right? Like, no, you can't be insincere with that, right? That's correct. You have to be genuine, mm -hmm. genuine, positive attitude. And uh, it works. It really works because, see, if you generate hate, that gives them energy to attack you. It, it, nobody likes to hurt somebody they like. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's kind of a basic human uh, characteristic. So mm -hmm. develop the attitude. Uh, if you find yourself getting angry, take a break. Calm down because you are absolutely going to miss opportunities to win your case. You're going to miss your strategies that you could have and so on. So it's really important to separate yourself from your problem and then treat it as if it were somebody else's problem and you're trying to help them. Exactly. So, could I jump in there? Because, yes. Bill, Bill, this is my subject for 20 uh, years since surviving cancer. And this is how I survived cancer was uh -huh. to take down some of those really blinding, you know, emotions and programs that lie underneath them. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see the forest for the trees, three years mm -hmm. doing everything, you know, quote unquote, right. I'm still a dying person. What am I missing? Right. I'm asking God, like, please show me what am I missing here? Right. And that's when I started to do this work of being able to take what was hidden to me, but usually obvious to everybody else, actually. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and systematically begin to let let that go or whatever it means to transmute it, to, to, to turn that snake into a rope because, you mm -hmm. know, it's the illusion. Mm -hmm. And you're exactly right that when you come at people with heavy energy, like, like um, you say, lust, anger, pride, all of those, it actually gives them right to become your attacker where it wasn't yeah. the case before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and you don't see what's going on. You're, you're just, you're going to get slammed before you even know what, what happened. So that's a big part of the work that I'm doing in the house of free will. If anybody is uh, wanting to do that very brave work, actually. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You know, there's a, an interesting thing is you can develop friends inside of the system without even knowing it. Uh, I always like whenever I meet a clerk for the first time, and I don't know why, but the joke I tell them does not get around. Every new person I meet, I tell them the joke. They love it. But what I say is I say, did you hear about the guy that was fighting his parking ticket in court the other day? Well, no. What happened? <laughs> you know? And I say, well, the, the judge was getting impatient with him. And the judge said to him, sir, didn't you see the sign? He said, yeah, your honor, I saw the sign. It said fine for parking. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, the clerks love it. And, and they, they, when you're not 
see, a clerk is told very strongly, do not give advice. It, it, it's against the rules to give anybody any advice. Mm-hmm. So I, I ask them a trick question. I say, could you tell me what you require? Okay. Kind of turns missing. the tables a little bit. And, and, but I also tell them a joke and, and I'm very friendly. And if they, if a clerk rejects something, I don't argue. I accept their rejection and I see if there's something I can do. And one time I was in front of a, a clerk and I had my, uh, uh, my complaint said action at law. He didn't know what that was, but it wasn't what he was used to. And so he rejected it. And there were a few other things that he also rejected. And, and he said, you'll have to go back and, and, and retype it. Well, guess what? Under the evidence code of California, typing includes handwriting. <laughs> so I crossed out the, the word said action at law and I hand printed complaint. Now he was happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, there but so don't ever argue with the clerk. You know, they they're tr- they actually are trying to do their jobs and they have no animosity until you get a reputation for being a big hassle. Mm-hmm. Then then everybody hates you. You know, right. so don't do that. Be be very friendly and and cooperative and just accept the fact that for the moment you're talking to the clerk, you are the clerk's slave. The clerk says something, roll with it, try to fix it, you know. Because what happens is once in a while they come through with a little jewel of advising you. There was a woman that was um, trying to issue a court order under her own signature without a judge's signature. And the clerk was arguing against her. You can't do that. And she was there all morning long (laughs) from opening to noon she was arguing with the clerk about going back and forth. Well, anyway, she did it in a friendly way. Uh, coincidentally, they had been high school friends anyway. <laughs> that was just a coincidence. But anyway, that was on a Friday. In On the Saturday morning, she got a letter in the mail from the clerk the very next day. And the clerk had taken the time to do the research, found the code that would allow it, and accepted the order. Wow. That's Order to bring it beyond. in. Yeah. Bring it in and we'll file it. That How about sense. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the clerk can be your friend. And remember this too. These arrogant judges often mistreat their own employees. Their own employees hate them. And there was one woman that I was working with. She was She was going through the entire. Now, Los Angeles is the world's largest court system, I think. And they, uh, uh, she was going through the hallways everywhere, all the offices, trying to find a paper which had been pulled out illegally from the clerk's files. There was no out card saying that it had been pulled out by whom. And so eventually she found it in, on the clerk's desk, uh, not the clerk's desk, the uh, judge's desk in her case. So anyway, at the end of the day, she was leaving and she walked by a, a, a group of clerks that were, you know, a little clutch of clerks that were talking about whatever. And as she walked by, one of them peeled out from the group and asked her, are you Mrs. So-and-so? She said, yes. She said, I just want you to know how much we appreciate what you are doing. Ooh. And then she went back into her group. 
So hmm. the court system is not all bad. The real problem is the attorneys and the judges. Okay. 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 The rest of the staff, you know, they, they're not going to risk their jobs to protect your rights. So it's up to you to create the best paper tools that you can to enable them to help you without risk to themselves. Hmm. And Very what, important. what risk yeah. would the clerk have, for example? Like losing her job. Oh, because she, uh, she filed something that shouldn't have been. Something, yeah, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. any excuse, you know, maybe mm -hmm. she's unpopular anyway, and now they got an excuse to fire her. Ah. Or, or, or at least reprimand her or something, you know. So you want to do everything you can to help that clerk to keep her job or anybody in there. They're actually, I know this is hard to believe for some people, but there are actually honest judges. Mm -hmm. But they have similar restrictions. They have peer groups they have to satisfy and they, they have orders from above, whatever. And so if you give them good paperwork, then internally, like, for example, the judge you, you're with may be arrogant, but if he gets something that's radically different, which is a lot of our stuff is, because we're going to common law and they don't know common law, he might go to a fellow judge and that fellow judge might be actually honest and say, you know, judge, the good judge might say, you might get your tail in a ringer on this one. Maybe you ought to decide a different way and so on. That happens. We've over and over again, we've had help that we didn't know where it came from. All we know, suddenly the judge does a 180. <clears throat> and this actually happened one time in, in a significant way. There was a, um, a woman who was fighting her traffic ticket and she was in a state court and the judge got promoted to federal court. So he ordered the case transferred over to where he was okay and proceeded to continue doing what he could to take away her rights and fi finally she sued him okay filed a parallel lawsuit against him in the federal court hmm. and then he came through with an order ordering her not to file any more papers at all in either case either the original or the other well she filed some anyway because after all it was her right and so her son put together a habeas corpus. I had something to do with it. I was helping her, you know, mm -hmm. but he did a habeas corpus and we filed it in habeas corpus. You could file it in more than one court at one time at that time. Now they've kind of changed some rules, but anyway, so we filed habeas corpus in seven different courts. Okay. <laughs> you know, the trial court, the appellate court, the Supreme Court, that's three on one side. Federal government has four, four levels. They have the circuit court in addition to the, those levels. And a uh, couple of weeks went by and she had been in jail for like two months in solitary confinement all that time. Oh boy. Well, judge didn't like her. And so uh, anyway, he pulled her out of court, out of j uh, jail. And he said to her, now, Mrs. So-and-so, he says, I believe that uh, you have learned your lesson and therefore I'm ordering you to be immediately released and the record purged. Hmm. What was he doing? He was covering his butt. Right. 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 
And there was one attorney that was so angry by what he saw being done to her, he offered to represent her for free mm. against these people. Mm. Well, she was burned out with that. I mean, she had really put a yeoman's effort into it and she was just burned out. So she never followed through. But it just shows you that if you do your paperwork, sometimes something happens. You'll never know why. But somebody had to talk with that judge, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I have to imagine burnout would be a huge factor in very in huge our proceedings, right? Like, yeah, it's uh, I'm, and I, I bet that stops many people from even beginning. I know I'm I'm one mm -hmm. who, you know, oh, three to five years for an average lawsuit. And uh, oh, yeah, not only that, but, you know, when you you have a strong foundation of ignorance, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you're trying to match the quality and experience of a, a full time attorney who's after you. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. Yes, you do get burned out. And I understand that. And uh, I've seen it happen several times with people. And I have to honestly say that your first priority should be to avoid the court. Right. And by the way, that's not my wisdom. That's actually out of the Bible. It says settle with your adversary before you get to the judge or he will take away even your coat. I think it has words to that effect. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. just looked that up recently and it and it's it's downright threatening saying that, you know, you might be in bigger trouble if you go to court. Well, yes, very easily. Mm -hmm. And because these people are loose cannons. Now, there's a lot of people doing some really, really good work. For example, there's one person who. Her research went deep enough. She found out that all of the courts in California are privately owned. They're not government courts at all. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. She was, and, and she, one time, uh, well, she has a reputation among the courts. And one time they put together a whole bunch of bogus charges against her. And they were going to prosecute her. They wanted to put her away for a while. So she went into court. And she stood there with her back to the judge as he read the charges to her. Mm. <laughs> she, had no respect. Yeah. she had no respect for them. Yeah. And then, then when he ran out of steam, she turned around and said, are you, are you through yet? <laughs> he says, yeah. She says, well, I refuse to contract it with you. You're a, you're a private court and I, I am not obligated to contract with you. And she turned around and walked out. That was the end of it. Wow. Wow. There yeah. you go. So there are some that are, are private and some that aren't That's what you're discovering. Well, in California, they're all aren't. They all aren't. Oh, I mean, they're, they're, they're all private outfits. They're, all they're private. not government at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That right. was my understanding. Exactly. Yeah. They're corporations, businesses, kind of like anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And when you, when you go to Dun and Bradstreet, now Dun and Bradstreet is probably the uh, business credit outfit to go to if you want to get a credit report on some company. Uh, I used to have a company as a sole proprietor and I was there. I had a Dunn's number assigned to me. And, uh, but anyway, the, uh, uh, the Dunn and Bradstreet has registrations from these courts. And one of the things on the registration application is what kind of an organization are you? And the courts register and they say they are corporations right there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so, exactly, exactly yeah yeah people just don't know right 
they don't have to contract with them. Exactly. It's no more, no different than if uh, a Walmart cop brought you in and into the Walmart court. You, you don't have to accept their offer. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It is an offer to contract. When you when you go like in a criminal proceeding, you go in and they say you're charged with so and so. How do you plead? Guilty, not guilty, or no contest? Well, the fact is, is that there's a fourth choice that they don't tell you about, and that is I don't agree with the whole damn system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. they, they are trying to contract you into their court system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to back up and just ask you, what has kept you going over the years? Because you're 40 years into it. I know you had some earlier days. If you didn't catch the uh, the first interview we did, Bill talked about it more. But where do you find that uh, will to keep going? And keep going, by the way, is my motto. Well, uh, I've always been offended by injustice on any level. and uh, But what pushed me into it was when um, a couple of nurses who were taking care of my dad overdrugged him with prescription drugs and got him to sign off on the title to his mobile home. Whoa. Okay. Now I felt I had a moral case here as mm-hmm. well as a legal case. It's called undue influence. And uh, when I was writing my papers, I did my research as well as I could. And of course, I've got this opposing attorney who was wonderful. You know, and um, I, I got it. I would take my papers and give them to a a person who didn't know anything, and just ask them if they could understand what it said. There are also two different attorneys. I gave it to them separately. They didn't know about each other, and just had them read pencil stuff. And then I I had one friend who was he was from Russia. He was an immigrant, and he knew English better than anyone I ever met. And he just tore my stuff apart, you know, <laughs> corrected my English. And so I went to court, and the judge says to me, he says, you know, he says, I'm leaning over backwards to give you the benefit of the doubt because you don't have an attorney. Sounds good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. He says, but I don't understand your paperwork. Could you explain it to me? Well, I didn't explain it to him because I, I knew the what it, what the answer was. The answer was, you're not getting out of this court anything. You know, mm-hmm. you're destined to lose because how could he not understand after all that filtering system? So I got the message. I wasn't going to win. And I had an attorney tell me, he says, look, if you make a motion, they'll, they'll grant all your motions as best they can, but they'll decide against you at the end. Mm-hmm. They'll mislead you. Right. So I got a tremendous amount of experience, first of all, because I had a nasty opponent, opposing judge. I mean, not judge. I meant to say attorney. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that was a real education there. And then I had the high energy and so forth. Well, now that I acquired all this knowledge, <laughs> I share it. <laughs> you know, I, it, to me, it's become almost like a religion. You know, preachers go out there. They don't ask for you for money. They they try to to proselytize you. Well, we got the same thing with law. And I try to proselytize people to come over onto the common law system because the common law system is the higher system. Mm-hmm. Now, we have in California a nice little code. It's uh, the, uh, I believe it's the code, the civil code. And I think it's section 22.2, which says, 
that the common law is the rule of decision unless there's a uh, contradictory uh, statute written, okay? So the statutes and codes override the common law. However, however, that's not really true. It all depends on how you file your case. So think of it this way. There are certain laws and well, let's let's put it this way. Let's say I go to your house. Now that house is your house, and I'm subject to the law of the domicile, meaning your your rules. And so, if I want to use your restroom, I ask for for permission, right? That's just normal courtesy. But it's because I'm subject to your rules. Now, if you visit my house, the rules are reversed. Okay. Well, that's how it is with law. You have two major divisions of law. You have common law and you have everything else, okay? Equity law, you have uh, admiralty, you've got maritime law, you've got the law of the exchequer. And it goes on and on, okay? You've got all kinds of law, ecclesiastical law, but the, the, the common law is there. Now, if you file your papers in such a way that you're citing codes and statutes and so forth, what'd you just do? You went into the non-common law house and you're subject to that. And naturally the common law is subservient to the, um, to the other systems, okay? So when I put my papers together, the very first sentence, it's, it's uh, I have to pat myself on the back on this one, I made it up. But it is it is a genius of simplicity, because here's what it says, and I'll quote it to you. And if you you got your pencil ready, I'll say it slow enough so that you can write it down if you're watching this show. But I say, I am. And then I put my name. Comma. One of the people of. And then I put the jurisdiction like one of the people of the state of California or one of the people of the United States, depends on what system I'm operating in, comma. And in this court of record, complain against the following defendants. And then I list only their names, not their job titles, not, not if he's a cop, nothing, just his name, okay? And then a period. Now that little, <clears throat> huh? I typed it out, so let me see if okay. I can show this to people. Sure. Uh, following defendant with a, okay, see if I got this right. I am one of the people of the state of, for example, and in this court of record complain uh, against the following defendant. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got to okay. add a T on there, right? <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, let me explain what that does. First of all, it identifies yourself, okay, who you are. That's your name says who you are. You're one of the people of the state. Now, in the case of um, of uh, Canada, which where everybody's a subject of the queen, I think what you should say, maybe instead of people, you would say one of the free people, mm. something like that. Like and that, that goes back to the Magna Carta, because the Magna Carta says that a precipice, meaning a court order, cannot be issued in such a way 
as to deprive a free man of his court. Mm. Okay, you keep Excellent. your court. They can't deprive you of that. So that's why you would identify yourself as one of the free humans or a freeman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that's that is two words, free man. So could man. I could I quickly jump woman. in with? Okay, if I could quickly jump in with that. That uh, like in during the pandemic. The Canadian courts were seeing a lot, you know, a lot more people were coming forward and, and claiming mm -hmm. their free man status and all of that kind of thing. And they actually right. created a whole pseudo legal track to send everybody right. over to. They weren't even allowed in the courts. They were branded, basically. Uh -huh. Granted what? Uh, branded. Oh, right? branded. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. of course. Of mm -hmm. course. We mm -hmm. have our own branding here. If you are a sovereign citizen, which, by the way, there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. You're not a master slave. But if they brand you as a sovereign citizen, they brand you as, as uh, a constitutionalist, which I don't understand that exactly because the real constitutionalists are the public officials who take an oath to support the Constitution, right? Right, <laughs> little, right. little contradiction of terms. They anyway. ruined all the words. Uh, somebody, yeah. Janet, is asking, how about adding I am woman than your name? I wouldn't do that. I am a woman, pardon me. I, I know in common parlance that, yeah, you could do that, but not in legal papers. Mm -hmm. In America, we speak three languages, okay? In fact, everywhere in the uh, uh, English uh, empire, it's not an empire anymore, I guess, but uh, there's another name for it. Anyway, the, wherever uh, you the are. Commonwealth. Yeah, the, in the English Commonwealth. Anywhere in the Commonwealth. Uh, Commonwealth, we all speak three languages, and all three are called English. Okay, the the lowest level of English has another name. It's called slang. Okay, it changes from block to block, from day to day. Uh, maybe in a person, a person will use language, make up something one day, and not do it again. But it, it's a very flexible, constantly changing language. The 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 middle level is the uh, like business English or the English that you use when talking to strangers. Uh, somebody who's not from your region, you would use this, this language and you get more formal, sometimes called formal English, okay? Mm -hmm. And so words can have a different meaning. And let me show you, for example, like in slang, you walk into a place, you don't know what's going on. So you say, hey, what's coming off? What's going on? What's coming off? It means the same thing, right? Oh, I never heard that the second or the first version. Yeah, but but exactly that that's one of the things. Or you say uh, uh, a lady is you see a lady that's really hot, and you say, "Hey, she's really cool." <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's the same thing. So yeah. that's slang for you. In mm -hmm. in uh, formal English, you would just say whatever words you've learned for formal English to describe whatever you see or hear, whatever. Then you have court English, sometimes called the Queen's English. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a language that is very stable. Uh, meanings get established 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, and they still mean the same thing today. Uh, so that you have to be careful when you're speaking English as to what you say and, and which, which language you're, you're speaking. And all of us have learned the three languages to some degree. And uh, 
Now, one of and giving you an example there. Let's say that you uh, uh, you're a resident. Okay. Now, I think everybody's pretty much familiar with the fact that a doctor goes through, gets his education, acquires his MD degree, but he's not permitted to practice yet. What he has to do is he has to go over to a hospital somewhere and get practical experience. And they call that a residency. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the word resident means that you crossed into the jurisdiction of some place like a hospital. You're subject to their rules and so forth. You, you, you complete whatever you're supposed to accomplish. And having completed your job, your purpose, you then leave. You go home. Okay, so if you're a resident, if you're doing a residency, you're just there for a purpose and then you leave when you finish it. Okay, well, here's a little trick the government does. You, you apply for a driver's license. Now, in a driver's license, one of the questions typically on the form is, are you a citizen of United States or citizen of Canada or whatever? Okay, mm-hmm. they ask you, are you a citizen? Okay. Well, what are you a citizen of? Well, you're a citizen of the jurisdiction, the United States, let's say. In the United States, if you're a citizen of the United States of America, you you are a citizen of the District of Columbia, the capital. (laughs) That's all it is. Uh, You also have separate citizenship of each state. Now, I don't know how Canada works, but I presume that if you're a citizen of Ottawa, (laughs) you know, that's one citizenship. But if you're a citizen of Canada, that would be another citizenship. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah, I, don't that's know, I don't know if now, it worked that way there, but. Not not with a citizen. Yeah, I've never heard that citizen of Ottawa, certainly citizen of Canada is, is what yeah. they use. And uh, yeah, I don't know if we have an equivalent of the uh, District of Columbia like you do. Uh, I have no doubt that you do. It's okay. just not, not bragged about. Okay? okay. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. It, it's too tempting to do it the way we do it in the United States, okay? Too tempting for government. Because here's what happens. A person declares that he is a resident of, let's say, California, okay? That means that he crossed the border, came into California, he's there for a purpose, and when he completes his purpose, he will leave. Well, the United States Constitution says that the federal government can regulate interstate commerce. So when you cross that border, you're saying you're a resident, that means that you're engaged in commerce and therefore they can regulate you uh-huh. and therefore they can require you to have a driver's license. Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. by your own admission. There's a few other tricks like the word driver is a commercial term, mm-hmm. okay? Passenger yeah. is a commercial term. Yeah, goods. Okay. Right. When they ask you about your goods, it's like, no, I have no goods. I just have my things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there are all these little word tricks that you really got to learn if you're going to engage in law. And uh, so um, now what how did we lead into that? Because I lost track of my mind. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I know, I know that uh, I did want to hear as much as you want to share about the history of the Magna Carta. I'm very curious, like what was mm-hmm. what was life like in 1215? What was the context of that Magna Carta coming forward? Uh, I know that the signing of it is a little bit questionable. That's the first conversation you and I had about uh, King George, who mm-hmm. signed it, uh, you know, re- 
reportedly under duress, what that means, mm -hmm. if anything, how it's related to the Confirmatio uh, Cartarum, if I'm saying it correctly. I, I yeah. still can't remember that. I have to read it to, to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the life was not good back then. Believe me, the homeless person in the United States is far better off than the king ever was in those days. I mean, they they put heavy tarps up on the walls to keep the, the, the heat in and the cold out in the castles. They didn't have heating systems. Right. So, you know, they I would not trade my life, no matter how lowly it gets in this country. Even the jails are better, I think, than what the king had, you know. So, right. um, but anyway, um, if you are a human being, that's synonymous with a monster. And because the average human was uneducated, okay, crude, had no manners, uh, and the nobility looked down on these uncouth peoples as monsters, okay? So the term human being, actually in one dictionary, I think it's a Ballantine's dictionary, says that it's, uh, uh, that uh, human being is a monster. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've looked that up. If you look up the word monster in, in the Ballantines, it says human. It doesn't work the other way around though. Okay. Well, it, by implication, it is the other way around. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just didn't want to sure. say it blatantly like that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking rather loosely, but uh, you're right. You are absolutely correct. And so, they looked down at that. There was no respect for the average individual. And, uh, but anyhow. Unlike the, today, right? <laughs> uh, you sure there's any respect by the higher ups? Uh, yeah, I think we're in the same boat. Yeah. Exactly. However, the nobility back in, in the days of, um, uh, of in the, the 1200s, the nobility were very powerful they actually had their own armies, okay? Mm. And so the king was not all powerful and centralized in his command like like we see in modern times. <clears throat> but he, uh, uh, the, the king was conducting his own private wars against France and uh, the, uh, he was conscripting the personnel of the nobility and he was also taxing them higher than they were willing to pay. And so uh, they finally rebelled. They, they cornered him by the River Thames in Runnymede. And they made an offer. They said, you know, if, if you will sign this little document called Magna Carta, we won't cut your head off. And he was a wise king. So he signed it, but he never had the intent to actually uh, conform to it. And at the next opportunity, he was going to, uh, you know, override that if he could. And the nobility went to the Pope and they got him to bless it. And, uh, and so they had a double whammy there that for making the Magna Carta valid. As uh, Providence would have it, uh, both the Pope and the King died within a year and a half. And uh, so the new guys coming in did not have the political power that the former guys did. They had, had not 
reestablish themselves. So the nobility immediately went to them and uh, got them to recertify and rebless the uh, Magna Carta. Now, there's some people who claim that, well, the Magna Carta was obtained under force, so it's, it cannot be a good contract. Okay, but that's not the case because every sovereign since uh, King John has recertified the Magna Carta. So it's good. Right. Okay. There you it's go. valid. Now, yeah. they did modify it along the way. And my understanding is, is that they never canceled anything in the Magna Carta, but they simply transferred it out into other areas of the law, which where it would fit a little better. Mm -hmm. um, but it, the original uh, terms are still valid even today. Nice, nice. So, Could I jump in with something, Bill? This is a little sure. bit of an aside, but very interesting. I was musing about it last night as I was preparing for this. And uh, there is some evidence to show that they might have added a thousand years to our calendar that really doesn't exist. What that would mean, if it were true, is that that would be 215 BC, uh, pardon me, AD. AD, right. Yeah, yeah, not, and that's like only 200 years since the life of Christ, who turned the whole legal system completely inside out. Like he came to break the law, among other things. Yeah, I, I couldn't speak to that. I have never heard that before. Mm -hmm. I do know that there was a period in history where they did adjust the calendar by 15 days, or maybe it was 11 days. I wasn't prepared to talk about that subject. Right. But okay. there, there were riots by people who felt they lost something. They wanted, they were, they, they were rioting. They wanted, they, they were saying, give us back our 15 days. It's like their <laughs> life had been shortened. You know? Well, that's how I always feel in daylight savings time is like, give me back my uh, hour that you oh, stole. But they are accommodating. They do. Six yeah, months later. Like you're done the later. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I'm known not to change my clocks. Like a, a rebel without a cause. Uh, oh, I see. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Dunbar is just asking as well, if you don't mind another interruption. Um, so made an offer, sign or or death. Sounds like a fair contract. Actually, it's not a question yet. Just uh, Yeah, well, I, 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 uh, I agree with his observation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair contract, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anything that people do as a group, I think is fair. <laughs> Unless it's a democracy, then it's not necessarily fair. It right. becomes a dictatorship for the majority. But that's a whole separate argument. I want to go back to the residency just for a moment, okay? Please. Because there's the other half of that, which is uh, domicile. If you are domiciled in a place, you belong there. You're not a resident. If you're a resident, you're there for a purpose. And when you, you're finished, you'll go home. In the United States... If you're a resident of a state going home and you're a citizen, that means going home to uh, District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. Mm. So that that's so you're an outsider and therefore subject to interstate regulation. And uh, so but if you're domiciled, you're, you belong there. You don't have you don't need a reason for being there. OK, mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's, it, so that's the status you, you would rather oh, claim. Oh, I'm domiciled. I'm always domiciled, right? I'm mm -hmm. never a resident of anywhere, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, good well, to know. Now, the exception to that is, is that, for example, I have a commercial driver's license. 
and um, so I can drive semis. And um, why did I get that? Well, uh, it turns out that there's not much money to be made in the law, <laughs> especially if you're giving everything away. Right. So I wanted to make some money. And my reasoning was, is that we, the people, have authorized the government to regulate interstate commerce. So we hire these people to figure out a set of rules. And now I'm turning around and I want to join the interstate commerce. Why shouldn't I follow those rules? Okay. The only thing I'm against is the abuse of the rules. But as long as they, everybody's obeying the rules, the cops obeying the rules, I'm obeying the rules, everything should be fine. And if I break the rules, okay, one of the rules is, is you pay a little penalty for it, you know, but that's okay. To me, that's okay. It's when the abuse comes that I'm against it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not against the system. In fact, I'm trying to make the system better. And I want us to follow the system. And if there's something wrong with it, let's change the system. But I'm not in rebellion against it. And part of my attitude comes from the fact that my my background is that of a systems designer. <laughs> I made up rules for other people to follow in business. So, <laughs> anyway, so it has that, its place. Yeah, if I could jump in there too, it's it's the public versus the private, and that if every and 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 uh, sure. you know the 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 say civilized versus the wild is another way because if it was all just wild, and okay. and masculine feminine apply here as well, then then. Uh, you know, you would, there would just be no way to, to make use of, or, you know, have any kind of uh, semblance of order in the process, right? But if sure. you have both working together, you've got some rules for when things mm -hmm. go uh, off the charts, then all of that wild side has a place sure. and it's, it's uh, contained and works nicely. And with the increase in, of density of the population, you are going to get more rules. They get because there's more collisions between people, philosophical collisions, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we we get tighter and tighter, more and more rules as you get a greater density. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, That's a whole other rabbit hole, but I'll let you keep going on the, okay. the, the history. Yeah, it is another <laughs> rabbit. You're, yeah, you're right. It is another rabbit hole. Mm. Um, I'd like to also mention. Just real fast, because I've ground up a lot of time already. But uh, um, there's this thing about honor and dishonor. You always want to be in honor. If, if, if To dishonor, there's two ways to dishonor something. Somebody makes a presentment to you. They say something. They make a claim. Anything. Whatever they say. Uh, now, if you argue or if you... Uh, just remain silent. Either way, that's dishonoring them. You should always come back with a rational response. Whether or not they accept it is another question, but at least you should always be right. So you should always honor something and say, I always give a person credibility. Uh, I will argue, or I shouldn't use that word, but I, I should respond in a way that assumes that they have uh, credibility but they may have the wrong idea. And so I, I always, uh, I had a friend one time tell me, he says, you can say anything you want to another person as long as you don't knock his crown off. <laughs> <laughs> you have to respect the person. Right. And so that, that's how I try to conduct my discussions with people. 
Um, then, of course, you want to, your status. You want to, in the United States, you want to be one of the people because the people are the creators of the constitutions and therefore the creators of the country. So the people own the country. The country owns the citizens. So if you're a citizen, you're subject. And that's exactly what it says in the American Constitution, that if you are a citizen of the United... Well, it says it the other way. It says if, if you are born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction then you are a citizen of the United States. Well, I'm not subject because I'm one of the people. And now, whenever you make an accusation against somebody, you're obligated to prove your accusation against them. But if you accuse yourself, it must be accepted as true. Hmm. Okay. I do not have to prove I'm one of the people. I am by default. And it's their burden, if they're accusing me of not being one of the people, it's their burden to prove it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you are one of the people, you can be uh, a citizen for some purposes and not a citizen for other purposes. And the case that supports that is on the website. So mm -hmm. it, has to, it has to do with the Jicarilla uh, Indian tribe. The Jicarilla Apache Indian tribe, uh, <laughs> they don't use their sovereignty just because they went into a contract. <laughs> So it's kind of a nice, nice case to cite. That's awesome. The, um, if, yeah. I put, if I put it up, how would I find it? 1250.org. For sure. That, that I know. <laughs> that All part right. I know. Then you, then you yeah. click on start here. Okay. And then you, uh, I guess, well, why don't I uh, share the screen? You do that. Exactly. Perfect. That would be awesome. Let's see. Let's see, see if button. I can do that now. Um, first step, I guess, is to share my screen, right? That's right. Uh oh. And then uh, you'll choose the um, something happened whatever here. browser. Yeah. Uh, okay, no excuse problem. me. I didn't mean to interrupt. Also, that uh, no, we're fine. Me. Okay. Fine. There, I'm back. Now we'll go to settings. No, not settings. Share. Okay, slides, video file, share screen. Okay, screen sharing tips, okay. It's easiest with two monitors, that's true, and I have a second monitor. <laughs> screen sharing works best on a good computer. And some screens let you share audio, look for the share, no, I don't. Okay. All right, so I'll say share screen. And I'm going to pick the screen. There we go. Are you seeing it? No, not yet. Not yet. I think you just have okay. to hit the button. There it comes. Okay. You should see a black screen at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now I will bring something up on it. Let's go to, um, I'll bring up a, a separate browser, I think. No, I didn't. I brought up the same browser. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I wonder if you had to share you could you could flip me the link in the private chat and I could share it for you if that helps just to make yeah, it simpler. Yeah. Well, we're on the way. I, it's okay. just we, uh, we have to deal with uh, slow computers. Ah. That's all. No problem. But uh bandwidth is oh, tight. Here we go. It's up and now I'm going to bring it over. Now, come on. 
it's refusing to go over. Let's go. It's coming. I saw it for a second. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay. And we go to 1215.org. All right. And then we, uh, uh, we go to the old website. And we then click on start here. Come and see. Uh, I don't know why, but it's showing up. It's oh, I, I, I see you're looking at it too, and I'm seeing your screen on my home screen. All right, now we go down to um, I think it's uh, Court of Record, maybe. No, I think it's Superior Court versus Inferior Court. And okay, you know, I really did this the hard way. <laughs> Let's go to search this website. Mm -hmm. All right. And then I will type in Jigarilla. So that's a good tip for working with um, not only Bill's website, but if people aren't familiar, this is something that I learned while I was doing law research is that mm -hmm. if you go to any web page, any Word document, anything pretty much that you can find on your screen and you, you hit, uh, I believe it's Command F on a PC, I can't remember, is it Control F or something? And yeah. control, uh, you can... control E and then that takes you to the edit menu and then you go to find for F. Okay, yeah, and you can go. You yeah. can go straight to con Command F. Type in anything, and it, you know, if you're looking at a, a document that says like 125 right. pages of legal stuff, you can go right to the things that you need. So, just a tiny tip. I was very glad to have found. Mm -hmm. Well, so I do. Oh, it's Alt E, not Control E. Alt E on a PC, and then F to find, and then somewhere it shows oh there it is okay gorilla there it is we found it it's under miscellaneous within the uh, sovereign page there it is sovereign.htm okay and here's what it says reservation of sovereignty what happened was the the um the Jicarilla tribe went into a contract with a corporation and the purpose of the corporation was to mine the minerals on the lands of the Indian tribe. And so they got all the equipment set up. They were mining it and everything. And, and of course the tribe was getting its cut out of the deal. Well, then the tribe said, well, we need to apply an extraction tax. <laughs> well, <laughs> the company said, wait a minute, we have a contract with you. And it got into the Supreme Court, and uh, and the sites are there on on the page, and and so 
the this is what the Supreme Court said. Even if the tribe's power to tax were derived solely from its power to exclude non-Indians from the reservation, the tribe has the authority to impose the severance tax. Non-Indians who lawfully enter tribal lane, uh, lands remain subject to a tribe's power to exclude them, which power includes the lesser power to tax or place other conditions on the non-Indians conduct or continued presence on the reservation. Now here's a, this is this next sentence is important. The tribe's role as commercial partner with petitioners should not be confused with its role as sovereign. It is one thing to find that the tribe has agreed to sell the right to use the land and take valuable minerals from it, and quite another to find that the tribe has abandoned its sovereign powers simply because it has not expressly reserved them through a contract. To presume that a sovereign forever waives the right to exercise one of its powers, unless it expressly reserves the right to exercise that power in a commercial agreement, turns the concept of sovereignty on its head. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you are in your sovereign capacity, the fact that you go into a commercial contract does not take away from your sovereign powers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, we all intuitively know that, I think, but uh, it's really great to have the paperwork to back it up. E exactly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so uh, I will discontinue that. Okay, we'll there you back go. Yeah, so that that's um, and there are other cases that are of a similar nature, but that that I think it really clearly states it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, very good. So mm -hmm. um, now let's see um, the court of record. Well, let, let's we got to jump to the subject of today's deal. We have one hour left, approximately. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let me talk about um, mag uh, the, the Magna Carta. And um, so here we go. Got my own little notes here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, anything specific that you can tell us about how to use the Magna Carta specifically in court procedure? and examples right. of how it's worked. I'm sure, I'm sure you have that on your list there. Well, um, not exactly. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, I did do a search on the all on all of the Supreme Court uh, decisions that were made since, it, since its first one. And I found that the Magna Carta was referred to in approximately 250 cases. So the Magna Carta is alive in the United States because what happened was the, the Magna Carta, first of all, the, the, um, the whole philosophy that we're talking about with Magna Carta actually came from the Vikings. So when the Vikings conquered uh, Rome's control of England and they took it over, then Viking law came in. And their concept was that the power comes from the people and the uh, leader is there by the will of the people. And so uh, they had an attitude, in other words. <laughs> so that's different from the Roman civil law and it's different from the, uh, uh, the divine right of kings that was offered by the barbarians when they conquered Rome. 
So Rome came in with seven kings. Then they converted into a republic. Later on, they made the mistake of allowing foreigners into their government. They actually had a general who was a barbarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at some point, the barbarians took over. And I think uh, one barbarian was worth two or three Romans, by their way of thinking. Wow. And they, and they brought in the concept as a divine right of kings, meaning that the king is there by virtue of God's will. Right. And and God spoke to the people through the king. So the king could do no wrong. And that's that, that's where you come up with this sovereign immunity concept. Mm-hmm. Well, but then uh, the uh, Romans ran into a problem with the Vikings. The Vikings started uh, picking away at them in England and eventually conquered England. And the Romans lost that part of their, their empire. So the Romans brought in, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, uh, the Vikings brought in the concept of jury trials. Yeah. And uh, so, and then that was strengthened by the William Penn case. Now, the state of Pennsylvania, and it was named after, that's where it got its name originating with William Penn, who came to the United States or actually came to the colonies at the time from England. But William Penn had a uh, uh, a, a, a church in uh, England, and the king outlawed his church, and he held his services anyway in the streets, and he got arrested and prosecuted. And uh, the the jury foreman was a was I think he was a ship owner or he did shipping anyway. And uh, uh, when he went in for the second consideration, because they found him not guilty, and and the judge said that he was going to have his uh, verdict one way or another, okay? He was not going to let the jury. And, oh, there, there was a very convenient rule back then, which is if the jury found a a defendant not guilty then the jury had to serve the sentence it was kind of handy for the king that's excellent yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so anyway as the jury was going in for its reconsideration uh pen yelled out remember your countrymen and the the jury foreman yelled back we will (laughs) so anyway they ended up coming up with the same decision they got put in jail and they were there for a couple of weeks or so. And eventually, uh, they had an attorney there who did a habeas corpus in a higher court, and they brought some common sense back into it. But that strengthened the juries. So that's why the juries are so highly respected at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, although, yeah. uh, in the normal equity courts, the juries are only advisory. It's only a common law jury that has full control of the court. Okay. So not only does the jury come up with a verdict, they have absolute control. They'll say what the judgment is. Right. And uh, But in, a, in your equity courts, the juries are optional. The judge does not have to permit you to have a jury. Now, they generally do because that's our current belief system that you have a right to a jury, but you actually don't. And in the Waco case is a good example of that. In, in Waco, Texas, 
that was where they burned down the compound, you know, and killed a few people. Mm-hmm. Well, by order of uh, of the Attorney General of the United States. So they, um, a few people managed to get out of there before the real burning started. And later they were prosecuted because they were connected with this problem. They were prosecuted for murder. And the jury said, nope, nope, they're not guilty of murder, okay? And the judge said, well, actually they are. And they got 20 years each anyway. So that, the jury went to jail. No, no. Okay. Okay. The the defendants went to jail. Right. Yeah, we, got it. We dropped that concept of them going to jail. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Darn. Yeah. Yeah. I know worry. it's tough for the for the sovereign, but mm-hmm, <laughs> for the king mm-hmm. or the queen. Anyway, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. that's the be- story behind a jury. Okay. Now, they, which we, they, we for the most part do not have in Canada. I'm sure by design. Oh, you don't have the juries. Yeah, I think there are exceptions. I should know more about this. I'm trying to comb my mind. If there's any uh, anyone in the chat who who knows more well, about juries in Canada, please tell. Well, first of all, the juries are optional. I mean, we both have the same general system of law. The juries are optional in equity courts, and any crime is conducted is prosecuted in an equity court. Okay, so it's only the common law where the juries must be granted but in an equity court it's the decision of the judge you decide to have a jury or not so and once the jury makes his decision he can decide to ignore it because they're only advisory in an equity court Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a whole subject which we take a lot of time on that too if we chose to (laughs) okay but anyway um we end up with the magna carta now the magna carta has some interesting features in it but before we get into that, let's go into the Confirmatio Catarum, translated that comes out the confirming charter. Okay. And what this did, this confirming charter um, authorized <clears throat> or reconfirmed the validity of the Magna Carta. And there's some interesting things about the, the uh, Confirmatio Catarum. For example, um, In the very first paragraph, there you go. And you go down to here, paragraph number two, or uh, within the the first paragraph. You see where you you went off screen now. I have to go back. Uh, Yeah. This right here. Yeah. You want to see the blue part there. Now, it says that... uh, it says here that the um, that the sheriff, shires, and all our other officers, okay, that they caused the aforesaid charters to be published and to declare to the people that we have confirmed them in all points, and that our justices, sheriffs, mayors, and other ministers, which under us have the laws of our land to guide, shall allow the said charters pleaded before them in judgment in all their points that is to wit, the great charter as the common law. So right there, you have the common law in writing because bureaucrats don't understand talk. They only understand things in writing. If it's in writing, then it must be true. And of course, the writing has to come from 
and authority. In this case, it was King Edward I in the year 1297. That was 82 years after the Magna Carta. <clears throat> but he has to accept the, the uh, common law or the Great Charter as a common law if you demand it. Okay, that's the key thing. You have to demand it. Okay, shall allow the said charters pleaded before them. Okay, that means you're demanding it. So, and, okay, so another interesting thing about the Carmen, uh, the uh, Cartarum, if you scroll down a little bit, if any judgment be given from henceforth, contrary to the points of the charters, it shall be undone and holden for naught. So there cannot be any contradiction between any judgment and what the Magna Carta says. Okay. Now here's another interesting thing that is not done anymore. In, in Article 3, it says, the same charters shall be sent under our seal to cathedral churches throughout our realm there to remain and shall be read before the people two times by the year. Twice a year, these things are supposed to be read to everybody in the church. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, the nobility did not want the people to forget. Okay. I don't know anywhere where that's done anymore. <laughs> right. You had never heard of it. And why would the nobility not want people to forget the Magna Carta? Because that's where the power is, is in the people, you know. Ah, so they were well aware. Sure. Why did Hitler make all those speeches to the hundreds of thousands of people that showed up? Right. Okay. He was a very popular speaker. And and uh, that's where the power is. If he had the backing of the people, he could do anything he wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, mm -hmm. Right. And you have to keep them ignorant, of course. You don't want them to, to know everything. Mm -hmm. But Yeah. That, that's why. Mm -hmm. So the nobility wanted it twice a year for the whole Magna Carta to be read to the people so that they know what their rights are. And we'll get into that in a moment. So, and all the archbishops shall pronounce the sentence of excommunication against all those that by word, deed, or counsel do contrary to the four, aforesaid uh, charters. So if any anybody goes against the charters, they should be thrown out, thrown out of out of church okay mm -hmm. kick them out they're excommunicated if they don't want to go along with it and remember that the king at that time was also the head of the church right so and then not only thrown out but again twice a year said curses be twice a year denounced and published by the prelates of Forsyth. so the church needs to publish the names of all these people that got excommunicated for their sin and this is so interesting, said curses. How right. are they? Yeah. That's the curse the church put on those people. Mm. I, mm. I, I think I'm interpreting that correctly. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, uh, and so anyway, and the archbishops of Canterbury and York for the time being shall compel and distrain them to the execution of their duties in form aforesaid. And I think that may, means that they're fired. <laughs> whoever whoever got uh, uh, excommunicated also lost his job, at least as far as the church is concerned. 
Right. In in those days, it was, mm -hmm. uh, it. I, it I'm, I'm guessing, but it was likely more of a life and death thing to be excommunicated, correct? Oh, that was a terrible thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, people believed in the church back yeah. then. Okay? Yeah. And the, church, mm -hmm. and the church supported life, right? So to be excommunicated from the church, mm -hmm. you would be disconnected from life. You're, civil, you're civilly dead. Right. 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 And by the way, uh, the church was also a great control mechanism. This is how you controlled people with their belief systems. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that, that's the Magna Carta. And um, those are important points to remember. And that is good law because, first of all, Canada never had a break with England. So it came close, but England smartened up after the United States broke away and chose to yield on a few points. But the common law of England is still good there. Now, in the United States, the common law as it was in 1776, when we did our Declaration of Independence, that is the common law for the United States, which is essentially the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, now let's flip over to the uh, uh, Magna Carta. Okay. Now, there's a lot of things in there that uh, the nobility were very much abused by the king. And so they put in a few provisions and said, the first thing is, is we have on the website, we have an interpretation. Um, if you go back to that page, I guess, uh, let's see. Do you have your website up? I have your website up. Okay, www.1215.org. Mm -hmm. This is all lowercase now. Mm -hmm. Slash law notes, all one word, law notes. And then another slash law notes a second time. Say yes. law notes. And then after the slash magna and a letter I on the end of it, magna I dot htm, as in Mary. Let's see how this went. I got it. Mm -hmm. So this is the interpretation, a little interpretation I did as I went through, I read through the Magna Carta and pulled out of the things that were relevant to our freedoms. And so we start off with uh, Article 20, and it says a, a fine should be proportional to the offense and shall only be imposed upon testimony of non-government men. Those are credible witnesses, okay? So, and it says the, the aforesaid fines shall be imposed save upon oath of upright men from the neighborhood. That's plural. So you know you have to have at least two for witnesses. Okay, yes, there you go. So right there, about the third line from the bottom of that 20. Okay. Mm -hmm. Shall we move? So the fine should be promotional. Right. Now, 
the earls and barons, that's the nobility, mm -hmm. shall be immersed. And that's a fine, in other words, save through their, they shall not be immersed, save through their peers and only according to the measure of the offense. So that's basically a repeat of number 20 in more compact uh, form. Now, a peer is a member of the peerage. That's the nobility. In the United States, everybody's a peer. We're all sovereign, okay, <laughs> because we had no government when we started out. We were self-governing. And the United States used to be known as a great experiment in self-government. So, <laughs> <laughs> and but they don't say that anymore because more and more they're trying to take over all the people. And it's based on the idea that the people are citizens and no longer considered as people. And that's done through dumbing down the educational system. When I went through grade school uh, approximately 80 years ago or so, <laughs> a little less, 70-something, <laughs> um, in fourth grade, they actually introduced us to the Magna Carta. Wow. Today, I talk to college graduates. They never heard of the Magna Carta. Right. See, it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. so, and definitely being discredited because we, we started looking at it early, earlier in my law days, a couple of years ago. And uh, right away, people came out to slam it like, no, signed under duress has no force and effect. No, it's got recertified by later sovereigns. So it's right. now good, no matter right. what. You know, they, the, the sovereigns themselves legitimized it. So, okay, uh, number 24, uh, this is a great one. No sheriff, constable, coroners, or other bailiffs of ours shall hold the pleas of our crown. In other words, a cop has no authority to accuse you of anything. Okay? Mm -hmm. Only another individual can accuse you. The cops can help him to prosecute it. Right. This is a very big point, and I believe Amanda Ridding is is well on it. I, I've, I've heard her say okay. exactly the same thing recently. Yep, yeah. It's right there in the Magna Carta. There you go. No constable or other, well, let's see, no, no, no sheriff, constable, coroners, or other bailiffs of ours shall hold the pleas of our crown. That means prosecute. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> 28. No constable or other bailiff of ours shall take the corn or other chattels of anyone except he straightway give money for them or can be allowed a respite in that regard by the will of the seller. So you can give it to them, but he can't take it from you unless he pays you for it. So that's the rule of eminent domain, of course. But it applies to personal property. And what is what is property? Property is your rights. That's considered property. Okay. And there you go. All right. 30 is a good one too. No sheriff. You may you may be familiar with this in modern times. Mm -hmm. No sheriff nor bailiff of ours nor anyone else shall take the horses or carts of any freeman for transport unless by the will of that freeman. Have you, have you ever heard of anybody getting their car confiscated by the cops? All the time. Traffic? All the <laughs> All time. All the time. Totally illegal. Wow. Yeah. Under there common law, totally illegal. Right on. Okay. Next one. 31. 
Neither neither we nor our bailiffs shall take another's wood for castles or for other private uses unless by the will of him to whom the wood belongs. Now, I don't know why it's just limited to wood, but there it is. And that, I would guess, and this is just a guess, but that might be one of the provisions that got transferred over to the uh, uh, the forest charter. Because there were two significant charters. There was the Magna Carta and the forest charter. Mm-hmm. And so I, I bet that's one that got transferred over. Mm-hmm. What so, is the word, the word itself, Magna? How is that being used? Carta is uh, charter. Great. Large. Great. 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 Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin, of course. <clears throat> After all, Roman was in, Rome was in charge for a long time. I think, what, England was under Rome for about, what, 800 years, something like that? Okay. For a long time. Mm-hmm. The uh, Roman military was superior to other militaries. I read one time it was because of one major difference in their fighting technique. They learned to thrust a sword instead of slash a sword. Mm-hmm. That seemed to make the difference in in, uh, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, less effort, I have to imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some of those swords were pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Precipi, the word precipi is a a, uh, word that means uh, an order against property. But you have to understand, your rights are property. So... uh, it says, henceforth, the writ, which is called precipice, shall not be served on anyone for any holding so as to cause a free man to lose his court. If you're a free man, you have your own court. So I do counterclaims. That's my court when I do a counterclaim. Right. Right. Yeah, that's how you, what you described to us last time in the other interview, which I'll grab a link to, actually. 36. Henceforth, nothing shall be given or taken for a writ of inquest in a matter concerning life or limb, but it shall be conceded gratis and shall not be denied. In other words, all criminal trials are free. That's at the expense of the of the queen. Okay. They take away a life or limb. That means liberty. Okay, your liberty, your rights. Now, here's the next one that's really good. 38. No bailiff on his own simple assertion shall henceforth put anyone to his law without producing faithful witnesses and evidence. You realize that a cop is not authorized to be a witness? He's disqualified according to Magna Carta. He's disqualified as a witness. He cannot get on the stand and testify to anything. He has to produce two faithful witnesses. What's a faithful witness? That's somebody who does not work for the king. Ah, ah. Oh, see, they blow this one all the time. And and I wonder if the yes. the, the body cam on the on the police is a way around that because I don't, well, I don't know what you think. A body cam is sort of I would say would be more reliable, <laughs> but. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, state's evidence, not the evidence of the witnesses, because the witnesses didn't have a body cam. 
probably, if there were witnesses. But it mm-hmm. takes two witnesses, okay? Not one, but two. You got to have two. Yeah, well, that's that pretty cool. That, that pretty well uh, uh, limits the authority of, of the queen to prosecute anybody. By the way, I heard that the queen is having health problems lately. She's the longest. She is the longest uh, reigning monarch in the history of England. Yeah, it's really interesting with the queen. They have, uh, you know, some people are even debating: is she actually alive? Because she just disappeared, and then you know we have um, indigenous communities going after the crown and uh, noticing the queen and all this kind of thing. But she, she just is nowhere to be seen in the last two years at all. Three years. In that long. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was that Mm -hmm. long. Yeah. That's my knowledge. Anyway, if anyone knows any different, please tell me. Well, I did come across, there was a guy who claimed that he was the proper King of England and, and he made his case apparently and on the gates to Windsor Castle, they changed the uh, the shield that's or whatever it is that the symbol that they have up on the gate. They changed it to his family crest. Mm. That's significant. And apparently, as a courtesy, he's letting the queen have the image, but he claims he is the actual king, lawfully. Okay. Interesting. And he he produces a lot of information about that it was interesting to read it so it's it was on the internet i don't know if it still is (laughs) okay and um then we have 39 which i think is kind of uh a repeat of number 20 up above Mm -hmm. but no freeman shall be taken or imprisoned or deceased or outlaw or exiled or in any way harmed nor will we go upon or send upon him, save by the lawful judgment of his peers or by the law of the land. That tells me that if you're, if you are one of the people, or if you are a free person, they can't even arrest you. Right. And and what does that mean? Save by the lawful judgment of his peers, which is nobility. Well, that, Right. The, the peers have to decide that that you should be arrested, but not mm-hmm. the government. The government's not allowed to arrest you. Got it. Got it. Very good. I think that's a strong statement right there. Unfortunately, the Magna Carta is not read twice a year mm-hmm. in the churches. Exactly. Okay. To none will we sell nor deny or delay right or justice. Okay. We just, you know, due process. Mm-hmm. No delays. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 45, we will not make men justices, constables, sheriffs, or bailiffs unless they are such as know the law of the realm and are minded to observe it rightly. And we had an interesting situation in Orange County, California, uh, a few years, a few decades back. <clears throat> but there were two sheriffs deputy sheriffs that were running for election and competing for the existing sheriff's job. And he was doing dirty tricks against them and so forth. And I've often thought that since that sheriff was not minded to observe the law 
and was doing these provable dirty tricks. In fact, he was actually sued. Uh, he could have been bumped off. And all it would take would be the decision of a grand jury. A grand jury could have removed him from office. That's in the California legal system. Um, okay, Bill, uh, somebody posted about uh, concessions of England 1213. Do you want to uh, speak about or can you speak about that at all? Well, I don't know about 1213. No worries. Okay, I just thought I'd ask you. They posted twice. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he can give us a little more information. Might Lindsay, trigger my sure. memory. Yeah, yeah. If you want to tell us a bit more. And uh, hello, Jenny. Nice to see you here. Okay. All well, right. while he's composing it or whatever, I don't know. Can he voice it? Can you carry his voice on? She cannot. No, okay. she's she's just able to, to type on okay. the chat. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll come up in a moment, I hope. Mm -hmm. All right. If anyone, let's see, 52. All right. It's summarized in the two lines below it. Okay. The civil grand jury is the surety of the peace. Any problem with government must be resolved by the grand jury. The civil grand jury has the last word and there's no appeal. And I think I went into grand juries last time, didn't I, to some degree? I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, the grand jury. I, uh, yeah, I think we did. I think you did. Yeah, the grand jury is all powerful. I mean, they, they've got absolute authority. In fact, they only have two limitations. The first limitation is they can't arrest him or arrest his, his family. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second limitation is they can't kill him. Right. Okay. Right. There you Other go. than that, they can take his properties away from him. They can take everything. They can drive him right down into poverty if they, if they choose. Mm-hmm until things get corrected and then okay. when it gets corrected there's there should be no animosity okay nice nice yeah very quickly we did notices uh, in an issue that came up during this last couple of years and uh, we created a, a symbolic grand jury so 24 people 24 witnesses came and uh, witnessed us signing our uh, signing and and uh and register mailing the um, <clears throat> the notices to 12 snakes up the chain. Anyway, I just want to throw that in. <laughs> well, how many people were in the grand jury? 24. Not enough. You're one short. Really? Mm -hmm. 25 is the minimum number. What? Okay, we were off by one. We actually had, we did have more. As a matter of fact, I think we did end up with um, more. Yeah, I think we had like 26, 27. That's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, the Magna Carta specifies 25, and I think okay. we'll get to that. We'll get there. In fact, that's probably the next item. Okay. 60. <clears throat> nope. Not in 60. Okay. Uh, yeah, here it is, civil grand jury. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> First of all, they self-elect. They're not government grand juries, Okay. In our existing system, they've tried to minimize the common law. And so the, the 25, uh, or I mean, the common law grand juries are never, never come into existence. Okay. However, you don't need government authority to come into existence. They're self-elected and there's no rules about how the elections are run. It could be just 25 people getting together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now. Four of the 25, if there's a problem, four of them go talk to the king, okay? And his 
whoever works for the king. And the king has 40 days to fix the problem. If they don't fix it in 40 days, then the four go back to the 25. And the 25 will then correct the problem in any way they see fit. All right. Wow, that's power. And uh, Lindsay responded in the chat here. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she says, the act of submission was made to Pandolf at Dover on the 15th of May, 1213, and renewed to Nicholas, Bishop of Tusc uh, Tusculum at mm -hmm. London on the 3rd of October. Okay. Well, I would think that, first of all, the, the uh, Magna Carta came after that. And then, and after the Magna Carta came the Confirmatio Catarum. So whatever was agreed on is secondary to the power of the grand jury. Right. So right. the grand jury, there are no rules limiting the grand jury except the two relating to they can't arrest or kill the, <laughs> the government official. <laughs> Lucky that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, in the government, they always have fewer than 25. And again, in, in Orange County, that came up. The grand jury was very critical of the computer operations in, the, in Orange County of California. And so the, uh, one of the county supervisors said, well, that may be their opinion, but they really don't understand you know, the, what we have to work with here. He couldn't have said that to a real grand jury. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he, he he was so that's why it's fewer than 25. The government can ignore him. Oh, and then and then wow. the and in California the grand jury is carefully selected. In other words, you can volunteer for grand jury service. But what they do is they have a, an interview. And if they like you, then they go visit you at your home, see how you're living. Hmm. If they still like you, they they uh uh, put your your name into a uh, jury pool, okay, and then they will pick out. I think it's 21 names out of that collection that they have, and that becomes the grand jury. Mm. And the judge, a judge, can dissolve the grand jury. Can't okay. do that with a real grand jury, right? <laughs> the common law grand jury, okay? Right. Wow. So that that's quite a uh, difference. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, in a nutshell, is the Magna Carta. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So since we have some time left, let's jump over to the grand jury rules. Okay. Okay. So um, let me see what uh, I can direct you there. Okay. It's... Um, Let's see. And uh, yeah, so while we're waiting for Bill to pull that mm -hmm. up so you don't have to rush, I'll just let anybody know that hadn't heard or come on right at the beginning that there's a couple of events starting in the House of Free Will. This is my new private membership, private ministerial association to be very exact. Uh, I made it a ministry because it has the best history of surviving of all of the private associations out there in the private domain. And uh, so the first event is this this coming Thursday with Paul Gauchi, who is the um, the uh, person featured in the the film Back to Eden, 
which went viral, 50 million, dollar, um, 50 million downloads, not dollars, <laughs> on that. And then Amanda Ridding is going to do a workshop the next day on the 15th on how to read tickets specifically for here in Canada so they can't uh, railroad you with those pieces of, some people would say, toilet paper. <laughs> okay. And you do have to be a member of the House of Free Will, just so you know. The uh, the link to join and become a member is in the show notes of the video here. How do you access the show notes? How do you access the show notes? You have to. You'd have to be on um, either YouTube or Rockfin didn't work, but uh, Fakebook okay. both has that, and, and I can share that okay. in the in the uh, chat. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for finishing. Yeah. We're a good team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All That's right. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got the website for the uh, grand jury rules. Okay. It's 1215.org slash law notes mm -hmm. slash law notes again mm -hmm. slash grand jury rules dot htm. Okay. Give me one second. I'm going to get that shared over there. And I realized that. That link is not in the notes, so I will I will uh, pull it up. But I'm going to do this first. Mm -hmm. There it is. All right. Okay. So here we are. Grand jury rules. First of all, the Government must accept the grant and the Magna Carta as common law. That's the Confirmata Cartarum. We went through that. Now we scroll down a little bit. Is your scroll button working? There it is. Okay. Basic requirements and procedures for the common law grand jury. It's articles 52 and 61. You went past it. Okay. And uh, so there's the link to 52 and 61, and the grand jury members must be elected by people, not citizens of the jurisdiction, or in the case of England, they would be uh, elected by the free, the free people, the freemen, not, not citizens of Canada, but free people of Canada. And um, so there's no rules for defining a, a procedure for how they're elected. The people without the influence of government decide for themselves how the grand jury members are elected. So whatever it is, is. So what are the qualifications? The members must be people of the jurisdiction and not citizens of the jurisdiction because the people own the government. The government owns the citizens. That's the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's real chicken in the egg, or not not chicken in the egg, but uh, you know the the um, hierarchy. The hierarchy, exactly. The the, the mm -hmm. government did not create the people, <laughs> right? Right. Like that seems to go without saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Now you have the barbarian uh, concept of the sovereign is there by the divine right of kings. God put the queen there, so therefore. When the queen speaks, it's truth. Okay. Right. So <clears throat> that's a little different approach. But the Magna Carta says what the limitations are on the queen. Okay. Okay. 
So then we go down further. Each member must be sworn in and promise to observe all of the rules so far as within his power. He should cause all the rules to be observed. What's a quorum? A quorum is anybody that shows up. <laughs> you have several members of the grand jury. You've got 25 and they have a meeting and only, only uh, let's say, 10 show up. That's a quorum. That's okay. enough to, to do business. Okay. All decisions of a grand jury are decided by majority vote. And if any member dies or leaves the country or in any other way is prevented from carrying out his duties, then the remaining grand juries, jurors shall choose another to fill his place and he shall likewise be sworn in. Okay. Mm -hmm. No decision of a grand jury is reviewable in any court of the government. Yeah, that's any, big. Any government transgression against anyone in any respect is within the jurisdiction of the grand jury. Mm. Any government breaking the articles of peace or security. Now, I haven't tacked down what the articles of peace or security are, but I think instinctively we probably know what they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so, and then any dispute regarding anyone who has been deceased or removed by the government without a legal sentence of his peers from his lands, castles, liberties, or lawful right, that's within the jurisdiction of the grand jury. Now we have two procedures that the grand jury should follow. One is if the grand jury is informed of any dispute regarding anyone who has been deceased or removed by the government without a legal sentence of his peers, that'd be without a jury, I would think, mm -hmm. from his lands, castles, liberties, or lawful right, then the dispute shall be settled by the grand jury. So there's your court of appeal right there. Mm -hmm. The final one that's right. even above the court of appeal. Right. That's above the parliament. Everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one procedure. Now, the second procedure is if somebody has a problem, he goes and shows it to four members of the grand jury. And if the government has transgressed against the person in any respect, or some of the articles of the peace or security have been broken, then those four members should be shown the evidence. And then the four members go to the government and show the government its error. And they have to ask the government to amend that error without delay. And if the government does not amend the error within 40 days after being shown the error, then the four members shall refer the matter to the remainder of the grand jury. And at that point, the grand jury takes over. Mm -hmm. The grand jury may distrain and oppress the government in every way in their power, namely by taking the homes, lands, possessions, and any way else they can until amends have shall, shall been made according to the sole judgment of the grand jury. Yeah. How do you like that? I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, but here's the thing. There are problems with that, okay, which we will get to. But there's the limitation on its powers is that it may not imprison or execute any government personnel or their children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't say, anything, doesn't say anything about his wife. Ah. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, here's... Here is what if the king or queen does not go along with the grand jury? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Well, it says here, anyone, people or citizen, who chooses to help enforce the grand jury decision must first swear that he will obey the mandates of the grand jury and that with them, to the extent of his power, he will impose the grand jury's decision upon the government. So the grand, ju- the grand jury is authorized to rouse up any anybody they can to go against the government, the government in order to enforce the government to do what the grand jury orders. That's pre-authorized mm-hmm. by the government, okay? And if anyone refuses to support a grand jury decision, the government will force him to swear his support of the grand jury. So even the government is authorized to force somebody to carry out the grand jury's decisions. Right. Now, I'm not sure how that works, because if you're going against the government and you're asking the government to to back you up on supporting the grand jury. Anyway, the, the government is prohibited from doing anything to diminish the effect of the grand jury. Mm-hmm. If the government does prohibit or diminish the effectiveness of the grand jury, it shall be vain and invalid and may not be used in any later proceeding by the government or anyone else. The grand jury is the final authority. Right. right. And finally, when all issues are settled to the satisfaction of the grand jury, things shall return to normal as though as they were before, no grudges. Mm-hmm. Can't hold it. So There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, I put together a suggestion on how to put together a grand jury, what to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to put together a grand jury in your realm, which a realm is typically the county, then here's what I suggest. And it's pretty simple. Start with something small, something that everybody in his gut knows that it was wrong and needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and before you even do that, you should have your meeting, your official meeting, in a courthouse. So you could you would go to the court administrator, and you'd ask him to assign a room to you. Mm. Now your grand jury proceedings should be secret, but you can be sure they'd be bugged. <laughs> okay. Right. So you hold your official meetings there. You might have unofficial meetings too. Mm-hmm. Uh, government does this all the time. They have their little meetings and you know, then they go out into the public view and it's already decided what they're gonna do. Exactly, okay. yeah. Anyhow, this is, um, you, you need to set up a room because when you set up a room in the courthouse, that's instant credibility. You know, okay. the, the grand jury can meet anywhere it chooses and it can meet secretly. However, for credibility purposes, I suggest that you that you hold it in the courthouse with official permission. Not that you need it. You could actually order it. OK, right. right. But so that's my suggestion on that. Right. And you start with little tiny issues that nobody can deny and you build your reputation and maybe after a year or two you can take on the bigger issues mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. very good 
A um, couple of questions. I totally missed this from a while back. Carol asked, uh, does number 45 of the Magna Carta apply to American embassy workers? Is there any reason it wouldn't? I got to read 45. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on that tab anymore. So you don't have uh, I would think it, it would, but it would be through the American channel, not through the English channel. Okay. Because remember that an embassy is a little bit of the country it represents and the home country laws apply, not the local laws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to be a, a safe area for the diplomats and all their operations. So the answer would be that, it, the answer would be no if you're talking about English law being applied there. But the answer is yes if you're talking about American law being applied there. Okay. Now, if you have an embassy from Spain, they're not even in the Commonwealth. But whatever their rules are, they apply. There's no way you can uh, apply English law to them as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not an authority on that. That's, that gets into some delicate issues. Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think that uh, the sovereignty of the, of the country that's occupying the embassy is what applies. Okay. Okay, very good. What do we have below? Um, Let's see. In, in the comments? Yeah, there's uh, Lindsay and I think was describing more about um, the uh, Bishop of Tusculum. And I'm just aware of the time also that um, we're, we're down to the wire here. What, sure. would be, what would be a good way to, to cap this interview? Is that, do you want to anything that you want to uh, re-highlight or anything new to share to? Well, I thought the whole interview was uh, uh, capping the highlights. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just you know, the, yeah. Anything in addition you want to share? Well, it's just that the, I, I think it's important, the concept of you as an individual uh, are separated from the government. Mm -hmm. And uh, the government operates, but it cannot directly impact you. And the same thing with the grand jury. If the, if the government's doing wrong, supposedly we have the power to, legal power to correct the government mm -hmm. with a grand jury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Point and, very and, well taken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would be my, my summary. Mm -hmm. That's such. awesome. And, and then you are using it in your court proceedings? Or are well, you helping people to do that? Well, uh, I find that people are very good at ignoring me. How, how is that possible? It is. And I've, <laughs> I've, I've talked to groups that are forming grand juries, and I'm telling you, they, they ignore me. They don't call me back. And they do things, and I'm saying, well, you know, you're kind of pushing the limits. You're stepping outside the mold. Uh, which in a way is hard for a grand jury to do, to step out of the mold. There is a case, it's called uh, the United States versus Williams. Mm -hmm. 112, and then the letter S as in Supreme, period, CT, period, that's Supreme Court, mm -hmm. 504, US 36, that's U, period, S. I'm sorry. I misquoted that. 112 Supreme Court 1735. That's the page number, 1735 of volume 112. 
Sorry, 1735? Right, that's the page number. Okay. And you can also find it in 504 US 36. So page Four. 36 of volume 504 of the US books. And then there is another, the last one is 118 L period ED period 2D. That's the lawyer's edition second, page 352. And that's as recent as 1992. Okay. And it, and it discusses the separation of powers of government and the grand jury. Right. Awesome. And it's a very thorough case that supports the idea that the people can form their own grand juries. Fantastic. Yeah, that'd be now, something really interesting to explore here. Yeah, that's U.S. law, not uh, English law. But I think, you know, a lot of it applies because we are part of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, the Magna Carta applies across the mm -hmm. Commonwealth countries. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, fantastic, Bill. That was really great. Thank you so much for joining me to have this conversation and get really deep into definitely learned something here. And, uh, and then, you know, some simple conclusions is that your mm -hmm. government has no right. And even your police have no right. They can't, right. they can't, uh, they can't charge you. They can't even be a witness, all of these things, all of these laws that are being broken. That's the reason for indictments. The grand jury indicts, not the cop. Right, right. Yeah, although, it was actually. Mm -hmm. Although they're trying to shortcut that, they talk about filing an information. That's their new term. Well, okay. may, maybe 100 years old, but it's relatively new. Yes, as a matter of fact, yeah, I just heard Amanda talking about that exact thing, the filing yeah. of the information. And then the time she's... Uh, She's got mm -hmm. um, some new conclusions that I probably will have to leave to her, but it was exactly about the, the timing of the filing that they're, mm -hmm. they're snaking around with and, and she's mm -hmm. uh, able to pin it on them. So uh, yeah. Yeah. It's and amazing. Remember, and remember the courts may be privately owned now. Mm -hmm. That's why they're getting away with it because you're under private corporate law instead of under government. Corporate policy, which is not mm -hmm. law at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. Well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I feel mm -hmm. very grateful to those that led me to your work. I like honestly, I, from the very beginning of doing any law studies, twelve fifteen org org always dot org always came up, and okay. uh, you have a lot to share. So just say the word if you have anything else that you want to come on and, well, and talk about you. in the future. I, I would love. love Mm -hmm. I love every opportunity to poison young minds. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and I would the love, truth. Mm -hmm, right. With the and truth. I, with go the ahead. truth. Exactly. Yeah. And I would love to host you in the house of free will where all okay. of my uh, law workshops are going to be taking place in the, in the near okay. future over the next uh, six, eight weeks, everything's going to be moving over there. I think we'll uh -huh. still do, we'll still do interviews in the public, but uh, all of the studies mm -hmm. are going to go into the private so people can be entirely left alone. Well, I'll be happy to contribute whatever you see worthwhile. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. So good. Uh, once again, if you're interested in joining and being a member in the House of Free Will, I did post the link in the chat. It's there. You can just also go to freewillministry.live. I got that. Okay. I like. I actually really like that domain, the dot .live. Uh, yeah turns my crank <laughs> so to speak and so yeah. in order to take part in workshops then you will have to become a member of of the house of free will so it's in the private domain a private ministerial association that is going to protect my work into the future so that it survives yeah. and can help people 
but that that disappeared before I could capture it. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, let me let me put it up again. But my I'm a, uh, I'm a quick my, draw. My uh, snipping tool is slow in coming up. Is one of the problems. Okay, can you capture it from the screen? From your oh, your snippet for a screenshot. Got it. Oh, yeah. I I think I can do a. Um, what is it? It's a control. Uh, print screen, I think, or just yeah. Or maybe it's a shift print screen. I don't know on the PC. I didn't memorize All that. Right. But, it's uh, okay. But, yeah, and I, I can, did both. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. And I can email you the link. Oh. And so uh, the first the first link is the application. There's a number of questions that uh, can be answered. They're not hard questions. Even if you know me, humor me, and answer them anyway. It's so fun to get uh, the application from people I, I know and love already. And uh, uh -huh. it, it, yeah, it's just a lovely thing. And then once your application is accepted, I will let you know and send you a, a link to the uh, agreement and donation page. The, the donation is not mandatory, but it is very much appreciated for me to help get this little baby off the ground. I am flying this PMA and building it at the same time, if you're familiar with how that is. And so bear with me as all of the little bits and pieces and parts start to come together. A quick note about July 31st is the deadline, the early bird deadline for the Journey Code Coaching Certification. We already have, uh, I believe, 25% of the of the program is full or the, the training is full. I try not to say that program. And uh, so if you're interested in becoming a coach, helping others to deprogram and get past their fears so they can see clearly, whether it's fear or anger or whatever kind of pride you might get lost in while you're making your way in lawful or relationship matters uh, of any kind, you name it, it applies across the board, then put your mm -hmm. hand up and by by sending me a note from the um, freewillministry.live or it's still bethmartins.com uh, goes to the same place. So you just have to put up your hand and we can jump on a call. Uh, I will be making a very uh, interesting announcement. I've got a collaborator and we're going to be making some beautiful changes to that program. So I think that's all for now. Bill, thank you so much for joining me for this interview today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad, always glad to. Uh, I'm now capturing again uh, because you, you put something else up. So. Oh, sorry. I'm really quick click. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've got, a, I've got uh, slow reflexes or something. So. No, that's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah. But what, the thing is, is that I'm, I click on the uh, icon and it's not showing up. Oh, I see. There it is. Got it. All right. Here we go. And now I have it captured. Thank okay, you. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling you earlier on the phone that it's so great that you have no discomfort with technology. You know, people even, um, I remember my mom, she kept telling me she was going to throw the iPad out the window. She just couldn't figure it out and was always frustrated, but, uh, uh -huh. you just, you yeah. just take it on. And like you say, when you keep learning, then your mind stays nimble, right? Is that the word nimble? Like it's, uh, That's it. you can still That's learn. It. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That uh, my whole life has been, book reading practically mostly legal books lately but you know right yeah yeah right. It, 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 you got to keep wiggling <laughs> mm -hmm. indeed exactly you don't use it you lose it uh-huh 
All right, okay. everyone. I have to run, unfortunately. We will be back. I will uh, no doubt be on for a garden stream pretty soon to give you guys some updates. I'm heavy into the gardening. And please do, if you wanted to join the workshop uh, with Paul Gauchi on how to, it's called Growing God's Way. Right, going going with the flow rather than against the flow. Things can be much easier than you could have ever imagined. And to me, this actually made me cry and jump up and down for joy because uh, we're not meant to toil for our food. And I know food is a, a very big subject right now that the truth community is mm -hmm. is talking about and hopefully taking lots of action as well. And uh, does yeah. Bill have a website? Of course, 1215.org. So that's right. the one that's up here, uh, www.1215.org. Mm -hmm. w, w is not needed. W is not even needed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Carol said, ain't nothing slow about you, Bill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots Thank of appreciation you. here. Okay, everyone, have a beautiful rest of your day, and I will see you again soon. Beth Martin signing off with Bill Thornton. Bye for okay, now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.